He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Hi, everybody. Hi, New York. Uh, I was born here and grew up here and went to public school, went to Stuyvesant High School, went to Columbia College, and lived here half of my life. Um, it's great to be here and great to be on Talk Radio 77 WABC. If you want to call me, I do call-ins, and I love them, 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222, or WABC, 848-WABC. You know, the the uh, murder of uh, of George Floyd sets up a situation where we have got to control the number of times that police interact with motorists on the road. Uh, really, the Derek Chauvin thing calls attention to that. But think about Dwayne, uh, but think about uh, the other killings that took place uh, where motorists were pulled over and, uh, and ended up being shot uh, by police. Dwayne Wright comes to mind, a 20-year-old black man who was unarmed who was pulled over by the police for the heinous crime of having an unregistered vehicle and an air freshener dangling from his rearview mirror. And that when the cops pulled him over, they checked and found out that he had a warrant for uh, a failure to appear on a weapons charge. And that led to a shooting, and uh, the cop, the, uh, the idiot cop, pulled her gun as opposed to her taser and got it mixed up, and he got shot and killed. We have to stop killing people on our roadways. 1,000 civilians are killed every year by police. And that's been pretty much a constant figure for the last 15 years. Unless we start cutting back on the interactions that go on on our highways, the highways are going to become killing fields uh, as more and more people panic when they're pulled over by cops. 24% of all Americans have been pulled over by cops uh, every year, and uh, 13% of them are white, Uh, 13% of whites are pulled over, 10% of blacks, 10% of Hispanics. That sounds kind of even, but it's not, because whites are, of course, 70% of the population. Uh, And 1% of these pullovers involve physical force. Well, 1% doesn't sound like much. But hey, there were 64 million people pulled over in traffic stops. So 1% is 640,000 people who experience physical force from police being pulled over in traffic stops. 650,000. I mean, what an amazing statistic. And most of it is unnecessary. Uh, sometimes there's a bench warrant outstanding for something serious, but most of the time it's what you can see in a car, a busted taillight or speeding or uh, running a red light or something like that. Not worth killing somebody over. Uh, the, and of the people who pulled over, were pulled over by cops, uh, I'm sorry, nine million people are pulled over by cops, uh, every year. And, uh, criticize the cop for the way he handled it. Uh, the others are fine. Uh, but of the 64 million pulled over, 9 million uh, criticized the cop's behavior in a survey by the Justice Department. So we have got to do something to change this. 
the statistics are abominable. As I said, 1,000 people killed a year uh, 40, by cops. 46% were white, 24% were black, 19 were Latino. And of course, those statistics are way out of line with the percentage of the population. But of these 1,000 shootings by police, 121 people, um, 1,000 shootings by police over 15 years, 15,000 people have been killed by police. Only 121 of them have been indicted, and only 44% of them have been convicted, often of lesser offenses. Now, most of these pullovers were probably justified and probably reasonable, and the cop was right, but not 99.7% of them. And that's the rate of times that a cop kills somebody, uh, and uh, there is, as in a traffic stop, and he is not convicted of anything. Uh, 99.4% escape indictment. So the those who are protesting this have a awfully good case. Now, interestingly, when pot was legalized in Colorado and Washington, traffic stops dropped by 80%. So the typical thing that went, goes on is that they stop someone, pull them over for a taillight or for speeding or something, changing lanes without signaling, and uh, and the officer smells pot in the car, and the and and it becomes an arrest, a drug arrest. Uh, the driver panics. I mean, who would not panic when pulled over by a cop? Uh, I would, and if I'm black, I sure as hell would panic. And uh, that leads to a confrontation, particularly if you've been smoking a joint in the car, and uh, smoking joint becomes a capital offense, which it must never be. This is not necessary. We don't have to police this way. In London, they do it by mail. In London, when they they photograph every single license plate of every single car at least once an hour in the whole city. There are millions of cameras going all the time. And every day, they run that list of people who drove that day, license plates, against the list of registered vehicles and licensed drivers. And if the computer kicks, as the computer kicks out people who don't have licenses or have not registered their vehicle, they get sent a summons in the mail, M-A-I-L, not pulled over at the highway, not dragged away in handcuffs, sent in the mail. And if they don't pay it, uh, they're, the fine doubles or triples a week later. And then if they still don't pay it, it goes up to humongous heights. And after a certain number of scofflaw incidents where they don't pay it, they get a personal visit from a cop. That's the way to do it. Pull them over and don't pull them over in the road. Deal with it by mail. Now, a lot of the police don't like that because they figure they'll be fired. They figure that unless they generate revenue for the city by stopping people and issuing tickets, uh, they'll be uh, fired because they won't need them. They won't, won't be a revenue generator. But it would be the same revenue whether it's collected by mail or in person. And uh, it's a vast difference in safety. When you pull a motorist over, you're endangering the motorist. You're endangering those who have to swerve to avoid the cop in the car. And you're obviously endangering the police officer. And uh, it is time that we cut this way, way back. Now, a lot of the time when they pull somebody over, there is an outstanding warrant for their arrest. By the way, if you agree with me or disagree with me, give me a call and tell me that. 
800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC-9222. A lot of times there's a warrant for the arrest, like this kid, uh, Dwayne, um, who was pulled over, uh, was wanted on a weapons charge and a failure to appear. And uh, the cop arrested him, and that's important. Uh, we can't let these warrants go. Uh, many of them are for petty crimes, but many of them are for murder. We don't have stats on that, but in 1977, uh, a quarter of all bench warrants were for felonies. So um, you don't want to let that go. But you don't have to do your business on, you know, on uh, the West Side Highway or the or FDR Drive or the Major Deegan. Uh, you can do it at the person's home. We used to have something called a warrant squad in New York City that were cops who were dedicated to checking out and chasing down bench warrants. And we had we had a lot of them, uh, and uh, over 500 cops would go door to door. There was a mailing list of criminals, people who'd gotten bench warrants, their names, addresses, phone numbers, photographs, and fingerprints. So go to the door, knock on the door, and bust them there. Put the handcuffs on them in their own home, not drag them out in the middle of the highway where they're scared to death and there's a real chance of a fatality and they're inclined to flee. Much, much better way. And the reason that we don't do that has nothing to do with any enforcement of the law. It's that the police need to do that to justify their presence. If uh, if you don't need to pull people over on the highway, if traffic stops go way, way down, you won't need as many police officers, they figure. Wrong. You'll need the police officers to stop crime and patrol the streets, which is what they ought to be doing, and we need them to do. I don't want to defund the police. I want to refund and add to the police budget. But I don't want them to be doing traffic stops. So let's go to the phone. We have a call from... We have a call from Andrew. Uh, Andrew, you're on. Yeah, those are outstanding ideas. Uh, hopefully you could keep speaking out and have them implemented. But two things I disagree with. You said that if you were black, you'd be more scared. But actually, blacks, whites are fatally shot more yeah. than blacks. They, they are, also but not disproportionate, left. but disproportionately blacks are shot um, of the, or stopped. 13% of whites are stopped, 10% of blacks, 10% of Latinos, but, you know, whites are 60%, 70% of the population. Blacks are 13 and Latinos are 13. So, um, so, but you're correct. Most of the stops are white. And of the killings by police, uh, 46% were of whites, 24 of blacks, and 19 of Latinos. But again, that's disproportionately high for blacks and Latinos. Andrew, I appreciate your call, and I'll be here every single Sunday and uh, tune in between noon and 1 o'clock. We'll go to a commercial break now, and um, this show is sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Uh, the Patriot Gold Group is where I went uh, to buy my gold and my silver. When I saw that Joe Biden was going to take over with the Democratic Congress, I knew what was coming. Massive, massive spending. And, oh, my God, he's piled on $4 trillion of spending, $2 trillion. So far, he's got another four pending in the Senate, another two pending in the Senate, another two he's going to introduce later. $6 trillion of spending. Um, 
to put that into perspective, the entire federal budget of the United States of America is about $4 trillion a year for everything put together. So when that happens, there's going to be huge inflation. Gas prices are up. Commodity prices are up. And last month, the consumer price index rose by seven-tenths of 1%. So it's coming. Inflation is coming. And that's why you should call the Patriot Gold Group. At 800-356-4470. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Hello, New York. This is Dick Morris. It's great to be with you. Um, we were talking in the last segment about a common-sense solution to the incredible rate of police shootings of unarmed citizens. And there are a thousand police shootings, a thousand people are killed every year by police officers. And uh, over 15 years, 15,000 have been killed. Only 121 officers have been indicted. Only 44 have been convicted, often of lesser offenses. Now, most of these shootings are justified. Most of these shootings, the cops are in the right. But for goodness sakes, not 99.7% of them. So we need to reduce the number, the potential for this. And when cops pull over a motorist on the Deegan or on FDR or the West Side Highway uh, across Bronx, <laughs> no problem on the LIE, the, the traffic stopped the whole day. But if they pull somebody over, they uh, they panic the motorist, particularly if he's African American. Uh, they everybody has to swerve around them, and the cops in danger when he's leaning over the the, the front window with his uh, rear outside. Uh, he could really be hurt. Many many are. So I say minimize this. Do what they do in London. They mail out summonses. They check it on the computer. They see who drove that wasn't licensed and had an unregistered car. They photograph every car every hour. And then they send them in the mail a request, a statement for their, um, to pay their fine. And if they're outstanding warrants, they have a warrant squad. We used to have that in New York until de Blasio disbanded it who goes to the million people that basically have warrants in New York City outstanding and start with the felonies, and go door to door. They have their names, addresses, fingerprints, phone numbers, and photographs. Uh, and that's the way to do it. Put handcuffs on them, not in the middle of I-95, but uh, in their home when you're not going to cause a riot by it. Now, I'd like to go to Greg, who's called in, who uh, invented a mail ticketing system. Go for it, Greg. Yes, uh, yes. Um, good afternoon, Mr. Mr. Morris. Uh, I just caught a, a small. My church church service just finished, and I turned you up and just caught a little bit of what you were saying. Good. And I found it very interesting because years ago I invented the, um, this thing called the Safe Stop Surveillance System. Um, uh, there, there's videos on YouTube that I've, I've, I've posted of how this technology works. How do we access and what that? You say, um, you, YouTube, you just YouTube. go on YouTube and type in safe, safe top surveillance system. Safe top surveillance system, right? Yes, safe top okay. surveillance system. Oh, safe. And you're. S A F E T O P? Yes. Okay. Safe top surveillance system. Yes. So I'm going to go to that. Thank you, Greg, for calling in. I really appreciate it. No, no problem. No problem. Thank you uh, so much. Bye. Now, give me a call. Let me know if you agree or disagree. Either one will put you on. 
800-848-9222. 800-848-WABC-9222. Uh, let's go to John, uh, who says that he's a former classmate of mine. Hi, John. I'm not a former classmate, but I had the honor of organizing for our high school alumni association an event which featured you and Roy Innes many, many oh, years yes, ago. Oh, yes, yes. That was and, so cool. Let me just yeah, tell the folks about it. It was the uh, it was like the 50th or so anniversary of my of our high school graduation. And uh, we had three speakers, Roy Innes, uh, who was a civil rights leader in the 60s, me, and the current president of Stuyvesant High School uh, student body, who was a young Asian woman. And Stuyvesant, we talked about 9-11 and the impact of it on Stuyvesant, which was right there. Had the building fallen the other way, it would have killed all those kids and the trauma of that. And then I said that that reminded me of my trauma during the Kennedy assassination in 1963. And then Roy got up and said that reminded him of his trauma during Pearl Harbor. <laughs> and we shared our recollections. So, John, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Uh, now uh, let's go to Alex. Alex, you're, we got you on the air. Well, hi, thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, often when uh, I hear these issues about the police being discussed, uh, uh, there are statistics which are given, but they almost never uh, mention anything about Asian Americans. Could you could you give the statistics on Asian well, Americans and their I, interactions with the police? I will. Uh, first of all, let me say that uh, Asian Americans are model citizens for the most part, uh, and they have no grievance, and they shouldn't have any grievance about the American economy. Uh, the per the average median, I'm sorry, the average, the median family income in America for whites is $68,000. For Asians, it's $99,000. So they are the clear winners in this system because they play by the rules, they're respectful of their families, and they go for education above everything. I am particularly furious at the Biden administration for making this whole big deal about Asian hate crimes uh, when the most important hate crime against Asians is that Yale and Harvard and all the Ivy League schools discriminate against them, just like they did to Jews in the 20s and 30s. So a white has a uh, – uh, uh, I'm sorry, a non-Asian has a 10 times greater chance of getting into those schools than an Asian does. And Trump sued on that, and then Biden dropped the lawsuit. So out of one side of his mouth, he's talking about Asian hate crimes and how he feels so badly, and the other side of his mouth, he's backing up that discrimination. And the reason that uh, that that he's doing that is that Trump increased his share of the Asian vote from 26% to 34%. So they're trying to create a sense of victimization. There was a study done of Asian hate crimes in Chicago, and 94% of them involved no physical contact. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Uh, only 6% involved physical contact. And the number of, phys- of, of deaths was, was minuscule, if any. Um, they're taking this Atlanta shooting and trying to make it a race crime, whereas in fact it was obviously a, a, sex, a sex crime because it was the guy who was the perp. Now you asked for stats. Here they are. The percentage of Asians who were pulled over in traffic stops is 4%. And uh, the number of Asians who are killed every year 
by police officers is 6%. Uh, 6% of the killings are of Asians. Uh, and Asian is, of course, a very broad category. It includes Chinese, Japanese, Indians, Muslims, Pakistanis, and so on. Thanks very much for your call, Alex. I appreciate it. Um, we have time for one more, I think. Yeah, let's go to um, let's go to Susan. Hey, Susan. Thanks for Hi, calling. Hi, Dick Morris. It's great to talk to you and hear you. Well, good. Um, I just tuned in. I sort of got the gist of what you were analyzing with the um, traffic stops. Um, and what I'm really impressed with is that you call it common sense, but I think it's more like logic. Yeah. And, you know, not coming at it from an ideological standpoint. Yeah, not ranting and raving. Look at more trying of to do a real solution to the issues problem. like this, like yeah. education reform. Um, yep. You said you went to one of the elite high schools, which yep. people take tests to get into. Yep. Um, and they're trying to do away with that. Yeah. But it shows that children can perform uh, because the charter schools like Success Academy yep. Are done by lotteries, which I, means that anyone, you know, only like I think like a thousand Susan, out of let me, twenty thousand. Let me just stop uh, you there because we're coming up against a break. But I love charter schools. For each one that's in it, there are three people on the waiting list, uh, and uh, you're absolutely right. Stick around for the next segment. We're going to be talking about education reform in terms of the uh, the mayoral race that's going on in New York. Thanks for calling in. Uh, one of the sponsors for today's show is Patriot Gold Group. Uh, I bought uh, a lot of gold at the start of the year myself because I knew that Biden was coming and I knew that Pelosi was coming and, for goodness sakes, Bernie Sanders would be chairman of the budget committee. So I ran for the basement and pulled my fallout shelter over my head. Uh, I bought gold because inflation is coming. Uh, last month, the consumer price index went up by six-tenths of one percent. Doesn't sound like much, but the annual pace is seven percent. And inflation has, last year, was under two percent. So it's coming, and you look at gas prices, basically a dollar higher. Commodities prices are up. The producer price index is up by five over the last 12 months. It usually goes up by one. Uh, so there is major inflation coming. We are headed toward a maybe not maybe a Weimar Republic situation where they use Kadala bills for wallpaper, uh, but at least we're headed for a Jimmy Carter situation where it's about 20% increases a year. So take cover. And the way to do that is uh, to go to the Patriot Gold Group and buy yourself some gold and silver. Uh, the phone number is 800-356-4470. That's 800 356 4470. 800 356 4470. Thanks for listening. This is the Dick Morris Show on 77 WABC. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump, and now he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Hello, New York. Dick Morris. On every Sunday from noon until one o'clock, and boy, I'm having fun. Uh, if you disagree with me or you agree with me, call me at eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two, eight hundred eight four eight W A B C ninety two twenty two. I'm on today with a fellow colleague of a colleague of mine named John McLaughlin, who was uh, Donald Trump's pollster, and uh, I've been working with him for. 
20 years, really, 40 years, make that. And um, and it's great to have you on. Hi, John. Thanks for coming on. Dick, it's an honor to be on. Well, congratulations on the new show. And, uh, and, and, and also, thank you once again, because you're the one who enabled me to work for Donald Trump when you had us prepare a plan for him to run back in 2011. Yep. So, uh, so a lot of people didn't take it seriously back then, but, uh, certainly it enabled him to win in 2016. That's for sure. A lot of people don't know this, but Donald Trump was my, my father was Donald Trump's lawyer and, uh, Fred Trump and Donald Trump. I first met Donald when I was 25 years old, when he came over to our house for dinner and he's been a friend my whole life. Um, and uh, and I worked very hard for Trump uh, secretly. I did not want anyone to know about it because uh, I, I didn't want me to become the issue. And I also didn't get paid for it. So I did this because I wanted to save America. Uh, so, John, uh, let's talk about the New York City mayoral race. First, I just yes. absolutely my blood is boiling because of two quotes from Eric Adams and Sean Donovan, two candidates for mayor. Adams said, as mayor, I will work to immediately remove police from schools, as well as all vestiges of prison culture, such as metal detectors, on-campus arrests, and incident reporting. And in almost identical language, Sean Donovan wanted to remove police and metal detectors from schools. Hey, how about that? Run for mayor on a platform of let's kill more kids. Uh, that's what it basically boils down to. Uh, I go to Yankee games, like you, John, and uh, I when they I go, I they walk through the metal detector, and they look at my bag, and they screen it through an X-ray, and I go in, and I never miss the first inning. And there must be fifty thousand people online who go through this every time they go to a game, and they don't miss the first inning either. And metal detectors. Have New York City has not had a school shooting in quite a while. I checked 18, 19, and 20, and there were none. And that's because of these metal detectors. Uh, and every, the left loves to talk about gun control every time there's a killing. Well, how about the way we do gun control on airlines? We have metal detectors. And yet these two candidates, Eric Adams and Sean Donovan, want to remove the metal detectors. So their platform is essentially, let's kill more children. And by the way, if any representative of their campaigns wants to call me and fight me over this, please call me. Please call. It's 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. I assume you're listening to WABC. You should be. And if you don't call me, I'll assume you don't have the guts to fight with me over this. Hey, John, what do you think of this? Uh, it's a usually unpopular move. It's really foolish. Even, you know, they're playing to this woke liberal primary. I mean, you grew up on the Upper West Side. Right. I, when I was young, I went to grammar school in the Bronx. I went to St. Barnabas, and that was in the 20th century. But uh, uh, but those of us who are from New York, we saw the bad days. And the reason there's no sh- school shootings is there's no cops in the schools, per se. They have these security guards that work for the police department. But, so, but they're not police officers, per se, but they're security officers that work for the police department, and they have metal detectors in the schools. And these schools, the reason they're there is because the parents, I mean, and we're talking about a lot of parents who have been shattered by the past year because their kids can't go to school. I mean, they've had, you know, you have poor, needy kids trying to learn remotely. It can't be done when, when some of these parents... Particularly if you don't have a computer. Right. And now when they go back to school, 
you know, usually uh, the parents, their first concern is that their kids get an education and they pass and do well in school. How can you do well in school when you're not safe? Yeah, and they'd like and, them to be alive, too. The, uh, yes. And while this is going on, the number of shootings in New York City has gone up 97%, 97% between 19 and 20. Uh, it's right. gone from they- 777 to 1,531. And the number of dead murders has gone from 319 to 462, a 44% increase. So why do we need metal detectors in schools? Hey, it's a nonviolent city. Nobody ever gets shot, right? No, I mean, so, and, and to be, to be honest, I mean, both my grandfathers are New York, New York City detectives. And I've got police members in the family. And, 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 you know, they disbanded the, the anti-gun unit that yeah. used to clear the guns off the streets and they put them in uniforms. And so that, and that now the police, they got rid of the uh, limited immunity so right. that the police are afraid to get out of the car because yep. they're going to be sued personally. So, let's talk politics. Let alone risk their lives. Let's yeah. talk politics <laughs> about this race. Uh, it's a new format in the voting. It's called ranked voting. You go in mm-hmm. and you vote three times, you know, make believe you're in Pennsylvania. <laughs> you vote three times, but it's legal. And you vote for first choice, second choice, and third choice. And if nobody gets mm-hmm. a majority, if your first, your first choice doesn't get a majority or one of the top right. two, it goes to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. And the right. current polling shows Yang in the lead with 22. Eric Adams, who wants to take metal detectors out of schools in second place with 13%, uh, and uh, Scott Stringer at 11, Maya Wiley at 7, Ray McGuire mm-hmm. at 6, Sean Donovan at 6, Diane Morales at 5, and Kath- Catherine Garcia at 4. Um, how do you think this race is going to shape up, John? Well, I th- I, the poll you just cited, that Ipsos poll that was that was released this week, they asked the top five choices, and this primary is in June. It's extremely volatile. It's just starting. And and the last time they had a had a mayoral primary like this eight years ago, uh, de Blasio was able to win because back then a third a, a quarter of the vote was Hispanic, a quarter of the vote was uh, uh, Jewish, a quarter of the vote was African American, and the rest was pretty liberal. Everybody else had about six hundred thousand. And and now it's probably gotten some more Asians in it. But it's still pretty liberal, and it, you have to rank from one to five. And in New York, we had last year we had no excuse absentee ballots that you filled out yeah. and sent in. Well, I, I think the reason De Blasio won is he was the only sexually normal candidate. Uh, Weiner was running, and uh, a gay uh, I forget her name, Sandra whatever was running, and uh, yeah, you know, so city council president Quinn. So that's yeah. how he won. Um, uh, Quinn, I'm sorry. Uh, so, but I think that in this race, there is a new force coming on the horizon, which is the Asian American voter. Um, they are 14% of New York's population, uh, and, uh, that's huge. And I think that, uh, Yang, uh, is getting most of that vote and will motivate them to come out to vote. But I think in addition to that, the Latino candidates are pretty weak from my point of view. You have uh, right. Morales at five and you have Garcia at four. That's not enough to ha- to corral the Latino vote. It'll be about 24% of the vote. Uh, and uh, I think that Yang is a, could have a real good shot at getting third place votes there after they vote for the two Latinos. 
And in terms of the uh, business community vote, you have uh, you have McGuire and Donovan who together are getting 12% of the vote. And I think Yang has an awfully good shot at that. And Scott Stringer, yeah. you have about 25% of the vote that's Jewish and uh, most of it liberal. And Stringer's at only 11 so there are a lot of loose votes rattling around there. And among blacks, you have Adams at 13 and you have Maya Wiley, who he'll beat at seven. So you got a lot of loose votes there that could go for Yang. What do you think? Well, I, I agree with you that there's a lot of loose votes. There's a lot of volatile, uh, volatility, and they really are voting along ethnic tribal lines. In New York, yeah. we have these different tribes. I once and, ran and a campaign what? for prime minister yeah. of Kenya, and New York is <laughs> – he won. Aldinga was his name. But uh, yeah. that's more tribal than New York is. <laughs> yeah, but, but you got – but you got, you know, the Irish – I mean, Jim, my grandfather's cousin was Jimmy Walker. They're gone. They don't exist anymore in this, in this, in this primary vote. Playboy right. and uh, FDR ousted him from office, uh, and that assured him of the Democratic nomination for president yeah. in 32. Yeah, well, you you know, uh, but when you look at New York now, de Blasio won last time because he got, remember the ads with his son Dante and his wife, he was out there, and he got the African-American vote because Thompson was so weak. Yeah. And then when Wiener collapsed after another scandal, he got the Jewish vote because he'd moved in yeah. there. And the Jewish vote is more religious. There's a lot of Orthodox. There's a lot of ultra-Orthodox that will vote in blocks in the outer boroughs than it is in Manhattan. Manhattan's more secular yeah. or more, you know, less. You're, yeah. you're more of an expert on that than me. But that vote is not coalesced around Stringer. Right. The black vote is not coalesced around Adams or any other African-American. Ray McGuire has a right. coalesced there. And Yang, the polls would be hard to pick up the Asian vote because a lot of them are Chinese, a lot of them are Korean, and they and they won't do the interviews in English. And then you have Guyanese and Sikhs out in Queens, and there's a lot of East Asian, Pakistani, and Indians. Yeah. This is a lot more complex and a lot more volatile than New York's ever seen before. Yeah. And the scary part is they could put up somebody who's more radical and liberal than, uh, uh, than de Blasio. Now, um, we, oh my God, <laughs> they fall off the end of the earth, you know, like Christopher Columbus was warned. Um, so, the red metal detectors keep getting safe. Your original point. Yep. That's how crazy their primary is. That's how crazy is. they are. So, um, a lot of people are critical of Andrew Yang, uh, because during the presidential race, he urged a guaranteed annual income. And I want to give you my take on that. It's, we don't need that now. But it is inevitable that we have this because robotics and automation are going to put so many people out of work. When we have self-driving cars, forget about taxis, Ubers, buses, trucks, uh, all drivers, limos, they're all out of work. Uh, not immediately, but as it phases in. Uh, and, autom- and robotics uh, will increasingly replace service workers, go into an airport and order food, fast food, and you don't see anybody. It just arrives at your, at your plate. It's brought by a waitress or a waiter, but you don't order it with him. You go through automation. And when that happens, it'll be like farming, where 3% of the population produces all the food we need. And only about half of the labor force is needed to provide the goods and services we want. The rest we can go to robots. But we do need them to consume We don't need them to produce, but we do need them to buy things. Otherwise, we have no economy. 
And the only way to do that is to give people a guaranteed income. And that is the future. What motivates them to work? The enjoyment, uh, stimulation. We'll have to make jobs attractive and interesting for people. And, uh, and it really is. And where do we get the money from? Well, automation is going to make rich people vastly richer and, uh, they'll have to pay more in taxes. And they're not really going to mind that because their incomes are going to soar because they don't have labor costs because it's robotics. So look into the future and you see that Yang was basically right. But he's not a leftist. He's not a crazy. And uh, I think he'd be a heck of a mayor. Uh, by the way, I, I look at that and I'm like, there's a moral component to that, where right now you're seeing the impacts of guaranteed. Pretty much there is guaranteed income where you can get free health care, you can get food stamps, and you can get higher unemployment benefits that you don't want to go back to work, that small businesses now in New York City that are reopening cannot get the waiters and the service people back on the jobs. They're having a hard time. But uh, so there's a moral component of this, whether do you want people to work or do you want people to live off the government where the government controls their lives? Right. And that's a big, big, that'll be a big yeah. national debate right. because of that. You're right. And, 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 so, and the bad part is, I don't want to be at, uh, you know, Silicon Valley came up with this idea about guaranteed income because they want to, you know, they just want to keep massing capital and massing income and, and everybody else, you got to take crumbs from their table. And you can't really work hard and succeed because they want to have a monopoly for Facebook and monopoly for Apple and Twitter, et cetera. That, that ultimately, you know, it would mean the end of small businesses in the United States. John, I want but to take back, a, yes, I'm sorry, go ahead, John. I was just going to say, but going back to New York, um, it's it's like that. Those kinds of ideas that are mainstream in the Democratic Party, that's the scary part about about their uh, primary. Yep, absolutely. Well, De Blasio has scary coverage, <laughs> so right. it's horrible to imagine somebody worse than him. John, I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, now the next segment that's coming up after two minutes for ads will be entirely phone calls. So call me, fight with me, disagree with me, and I renew my invitation to a spokesman for Sean Donovan and for Eric Adams or themselves if they have the courage, call in and debate with me over your proposal to kill more kids by eliminating metal detectors and cops from our uh, schools. Phone number is 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC-9222. This is 77 WABC, and this is the Dick Morris Show. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Hey, welcome to 77 WABC. This is Dick Morris. Um, I'm on the segment of my call, my show where I'm going to take phone calls uh, all for the next six or seven minutes. I want to uh, renew my invitation. It's damn near subpoena to Eric Adams or Sean Donovan or anybody from their campaigns to call me and tell me why they favor removing metal detectors from schools and taking cops out of the schools. Why are they running from there on a platform of let's kill more kids? So uh, call me, 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC. Uh, let's go to... Uh, Let's go to, is it Ted? Yeah, sure. Yeah, thank you. Thank uh, you. I went to Forest Hills High School, which is the top high school in the country of the non 
Yeah. You know, uh, Stuyvesant type. School. We used to debate them all the time. They're yeah. great. Why is there a police car in front of it? In front of what? In front of Forest Hills High School. Because it's a large high school. It's one of the largest in the city. And, uh, and it helps make sure that those kids all go home safely at night. There are well, huge... when I was there, I went home safely at night. Uh, I don't see any uh, how, stuff. How old are you? I'm 73. I was in the Air Force 25 years. Well, thank you for your uh, service. Flying troops to Germany thank and you. back. Thank you for your service. But let me answer, let me answer yeah. your question. Um, if you're 73, I'm 73. And, you know, we were, we were kids in the 1960s and 70s. There were almost no school shootings then. Now there are at least 50 school shootings, often with multiple deaths every year. So thank God we have a cop car out there and thank the cops and uh, keep those metal detectors in there. Let's go to uh, Jim. Hey, Jim. Yes. Yes. Thanks for taking my call. I love your fire, Mr. Morris. But Good. listen, it's very close. Uh, I'm Bronx born and raised, right? Good. But I'm 70 years old. But listen to me very close. When you, your, your jobs, may, uh, when a person has a job of productivity, I was born into a plumbing and heating family. It's not fair for the others who haven't been. The watch is very close. I, uh, in 1970, I started to work on the East End in Long Island, and productivity kicked in. That was my manhood. Now, watch this. These people today, Lyndon Johnson, what he did when he was in office, right? He went ahead and gave free money, you know, I don't know what social service or whatever. Yeah. He didn't do the black community any good because yeah. what happens in a black community, when the, when, the, when the family gets whatever they get, the man loses his man. Well, you don't need me. Well, let you me, don't need what he needs. Let me, you have to thanks, be, thanks yeah. for calling in and let me uh, res- respond to that. Lyndon Johnson did a great deal for the black community and the white community. The poverty rate in the United States dropped from about 24% uh, to where it's been at since Trump came out in office, uh, 15%. Trump knocked it down to 10 Uh But Lyndon Johnson did the rest of the heavy lifting. And I'm not saying you need guaranteed annual income to be nice to people. I'm saying that you can't have an economy without it. Because ultimately, everybody is going to be put, lots of people, most of us, will be put out of work by robots. And we have to have income for us to be able to run an economy. Um, I'd love to talk to uh, Mel now. Hey, Mel. Hey, Dick. How are you? Doing good. I, I just, just to go back to your solution about the cops pulling yep. – uh, people over and then, uh, you know, going back afterwards. That was a segment earlier in the show where I talked about doing this by mail. If you have a guy with an unregistered car and no license, don't pull him over in the middle of the Deegan uh, where he freaks. And if he's black, he knows the stories about them being killed and the cops risking his life and the motorists have to all swerve over into the left lane. Uh, do it by mail like they do in London. Uh, they photograph a license plate. Everybody gets photographed once an hour. And uh, if somebody's not licensed, they come home and there's a summons in the mail and a fine. And next week it's twice. And the next week after that, it's four or five times the amount. And if they still ignore it, they get a visit from a cop. That's the way to do it. Yes, but go ahead. Right. So my question, just to drill in a little bit. So if somebody's just the example, speeding or swerving or whatever, does the cop not pull them over at all? He well, it, the cop it has in, to or? lose his discretion. 
uh, you have to have cops there in cars capable of doing that. If the cop believes that his driving is an imminent danger to other motorists, of course he pulls him over. Uh, but a busted taillight ain't that, and an air freshener hanging from his rearview mirror, uh, which is why that poor kid got killed in Minneapolis, that's not that. And most of these traffic right, stops no, have nothing to do with traffic. Uh, they're basically revenue raisers so that the city gets registration and license fees. Oh, no, no, no. I agree with that 100%. But if someone's uh, speeding, causing danger... We're we're running out of time, so let me go to Louis, uh, who has a comment about Eric Adams. Yes, Louis. Yeah, Eric Adams is a bad guy. Uh, There's a great book out there called uh, The Janine Machine by Richard Blasberg. And check out Twitter. Okay, so um, let's go to uh, Peter. Hey, Peter. Hi, Dick. Uh, the, the last call there kind of took the wind out of my thunder here, but I like your idea on the decreased traffic starts. But I was what worries me is the would there be more drinking and driving behind the wheel with people thinking, I, well, the cops are not out there enforcing. Like I used think to be. That's, that's, a, that's a great point, Peter. Hadn't thought about it, but. I think it would be less because uh, the cops are not pulling people over for garbage. They're pulling people over if they're really endangering the other people on the road by swerving or not driving well. And uh, they won't be on the side ticketing somebody for a busted taillight. Uh, They'll be there on duty watching people speed by or do something they shouldn't do. So um, I think it might even be better. You know, I've loved this. This has been so much fun. Uh, I'm here every Sunday from 12 until 1. And check out DickMorris.com. Sign up for my emails every day. I send them out to a quarter of a million people every single day. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.